0: Hey everybody, welcome to the day one, week one podcast, episode number three, my main man, Nick, doing all the magic on the board over there, Nick Guida, myself, Billy Bowering. Man, we got an incredible guest today, Steve Morales, captain, firefighter, he brought in some hoses, brought
1: in some water. I like you emphasize the S on the end. And That's the right. Hoses. How <laughs> to make it clear. Exactly.
0: Man, Steve, it's so awesome to have you here. It took a little bit with the schedules, kind of getting them together, but man, we finally got it here and man, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So we're going to go kind of through a journey. Okay. You're a captain and a firefighter. If a captain firefighter, you're, you're in charge of a group of guys. So anyway, we're going to talk about like when you get started, uh, how that, you know, the preparation, all that kind of stuff, kind of go through that for us. All right. So uh started off when I was six,
2: th- 16 years old. Um, I started off uh, volunteering for a uh, rescue squad uh, when I lived back up in New Jersey. Um, it was EMS only. Um, a year later, I decided to get um, into the fire service uh, at the age of seventeen, um, did my uh, my EMT class, um, got my EMT certification, and then went into uh, the fire academy, um, and then got my firefighter certifications. And uh, ever since then, I've been a part of it. Um, growing up, it was uh, different though because uh, initially growing up, I wanted to become a police officer. Um, my dad was a police officer. Um, so of course,
0: <laughs> see, I think that's a thing. I think all firefighters want to be police officers. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah.
1: the grass is always greener on the that's other true. side. That's yeah, yeah, true, yeah, yeah.
2: But, um, but yeah, so I did EMS, uh, I worked EMS and then volunteered fire for, um, for, I would say for a good, for a good while. Uh, and, uh, I got my first paid job coming down here to South Carolina, um, July of 2013.
0: So that was that voluntary when you got all those certifications? Yes. I was all
2: volunteering. Oh, wow. Yep. So I did a lot of volunteering fire. Um, I still volunteer EMS, but also work DMS. So, um, and like I said, I, you know, I came down here after getting hired by Midway Fire Rescue, Polly's Island. And, uh, July 29th will be 10 years officially for me, um, wow. with them. So, but, uh, you know, like you said, I've, uh, I've climbed the ranks. I started off as a firefighter one, uh, and promoted my way up. And, um, up until this year, uh, beginning of the year, I got promoted to captain. Um, definitely, uh, challenging, <laughs> uh, more responsibility and uh, whatnot, but it's, it's
0: definitely, um, it's definitely great. I mean, it's a good feeling. So, now is that is that something in the when going up through the ranks, is, is ten years a is that fast for firefighters? Or uh, is or is that kind of the normal Yes and no.
2: Um, I, I think it really comes down to the person. Um, you know, I didn't have to test. Um my whole thing, uh I, the way I saw uh, you know, promotion was um, you know, the first you know, when you reach five years to me, you know, it's like all right, you know, when you're five five to eight years in, you know, look at, you know, being a lieutenant, you know, taking the first step. Uh, and then, uh, you know, then going up from there, you know, putting some, putting some time in. Um, I had been a lieutenant for a couple of years. Um, the, uh, the situation, um, arose where the testing process came about. And, uh, I had a lot of, um, a lot of guys and gals on the department cheering me on to, to test for mm-hmm. captain. So, uh, I guess I was doing something right. You know, oh, that says a lot to your personality, of course, Yeah, you know?
0: Um, so what made you, what do you think made you stand out from the rest where they were like encouraging you to get, Hey, you need to be this guy.
2: Um, I guess the biggest thing is just mm-hmm. being myself. You know, I'm, I think too much often, uh, people get caught up in, uh, you know, try and, I guess for ba- uh, lack of better terms is, you know, people have a big head on their shoulders, you know? and And, uh, to me, it's just about being who you are. You mm-hmm. know, just be, be your normal self. You know, I don't have to go out and impress anybody. You know, right. being my normal mm-hmm. self um, has gained me a lot of uh, friendships and and um, and
0: people cheering me on. You know, to, t- mm-hmm. to test and keep going up the ranks. So, so did you have like mentors, people that would in possibly command staff positions or just other maybe the the veteran fighter fighter that, that came and said, Hey man, I see something in you and kind of took you under their wing kind of thing. Or was that, do you think you were kind of stood out on your own? Uh,
2: I I would say it's, uh, a little of both. Um, I think, uh, you know, standing out on my own had, had a major part, but there were, you know, there were some also people that, you know, I kind of looked up towards, you know, just observing on how they performed their job, uh, in, and taking notes, uh, You know, there were some officers, uh, you know, that I've had in the past, um, you know, from from starting until, you know, where I'm at now that, you know, you kind of look at them and you're like, all right, mental note, make sure I don't do that. You know, (laughs) right. (laughs) Um, and then you take in the things that, uh, you know, that they did uh, good and Mm -hmm. um, you put that in the back of your mind and
0: make sure that, you know, you follow those footsteps. So. So you said your your first attraction was to law enforcement, Yes. Um, so, what was the ultimate attraction that made you? Because you've you've been doing this over ten years. Uh, well, well, what? Fifteen now? About fifteen years or more? Uh, Twenty. Twenty years. Okay. So that, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, with with that wanting to be a police officer, what was it that kept you? What was the attraction that kept you in the fire service?
2: Um, I guess. Uh, I mean you get to help people both ways, but I don't know i think the the whole thing for me was the whole rescue aspect of things um you know i I really got into like i said that you know when I first got into it um you know it was a rescue squad, so you know we had a lot of the cool toys to cut people out of cars and and stuff like that so and then the uh, you know getting into the fire service um i guess just the um the nature, I guess, of, of firefighting and, and EMS, um, I kind of just, you know, I, I did it and stuck with it. Um, there was a couple of times where, uh, I was going to test and, and switch over to law enforcement. Um, but then, uh, you know, I kind of just, I got so used to, I guess, being in fire EMS that I just, I stuck with, uh, stood with it. And, um, the other thing was, is that, you know, right now, uh, and I'm not going to lie. I, uh, At one point, you know, when I was down here, I tested for, I was going to test for higher patrol
0: Mm -hmm. and switch over. Uh, But then the whole scheduling thing. I think I remember... You're talking about that. Yeah. Just about, it was about the same time I was coming into law enforcement. I think so. Yeah. 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 He's already got the haircut for it. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely would fit in with that
2: for sure. But, But, uh, it's just the schedule though. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really like my schedule and being a business owner, um, you know, small business owner, it it definitely, the schedule would have been
0: tough for me. So I just stick with, you know, the fire service. So, so you just mentioned being a business owner and now a captain, do you see it administratively maybe there's some some issues there?
2: No, I wouldn't say issues. Uh if anything, it it actually helps me to be honest with you, because um, you know, being the being the business that I'm, you know, that I'm in, I own a auto detailing shop and you know, uh customer service is big, but it's also big on the fire service side, you know. Um not that the fire service is a business, but you know, we're, we're you know, we go out there and, and the citizens are, you know, or um, what we, have to, who we have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, you know, customer service on the firefighter side is kind of the same thing. So it almost for me, it goes hand in hand because, you know, I'm able to deal with people and stuff like that. And not only do I deal with people on fire calls, but also deal with them, you know, on the business aspect. So I feel like I get a lot of uh, experience
0: with that. Right. Right. So you're going through the first part of your career doing rescue, you get that one call, right? I know you remember it because everybody remembers that first call, right? I don't know if it was a house fire, traffic accident, whatever it was, but what was that? What was that first call, man, that is still, you can feel like it, you're still there.
2: Uh, so the first call, first serious call that I was ever a part of, um, my first paid uh, EMS job as an EMT was for a hospital system. Um, We provided 911 services for towns uh, during the day. And um, we, uh, my partner, um, we had gotten dispatched into the town that we covered. And um, it was for a train versus pedestrian. And uh, that was the first serious call I ever went to. I would Um, say that's pretty serious. Yeah. When we got there, I mean, there was, there was nothing left to the person Mm -hmm. i mean i was fine um you know i think not that i think about it but it's it you know like you you know you just brought up i mean Mm -hmm. i remember it you know like it was yesterday um now my my partner on the other hand uh it bothered her a lot uh to the point where um the paramedic unit uh looked at me and said hey you know get in your truck and, Mm and go take your partner out of here right and um, so I noticed it really bothered her. And I, when I got back, you know, I talked to my director and said, uh, hey, you know, you might want to check on my partner. You know, I've, this is kind of hitting her hard and sure. stuff like that. So, you know, they they did the, the right thing and you know, mm-hmm. they called her in the office, make
0: sure she's OK and stuff like that. She needed help. So what what about that conversation that, that maybe you guys had as you were leaving? <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean,
2: from what I can remember, I think it was just uh you know hey are, are you okay you know and yes but you know that that really bothered me type thing right. and, and um
0: so she was open yeah and yeah. said yeah that was bad yeah yeah i got you
2: um and I, after that i don't think it was much of anything really i mean um you know like she like I said she talked to our admin staff and you know everything was pretty much
0: fine after that but so you guys continued to work together for a little while after that or? yeah
2: so we um you know we finished out our shift mm-hmm. um you know they, they did ask if you know she wanted to go home and, right you know she denied so she mm-hmm. wanted to stay so but um but that was the the first serious
0: call that i ever right. you
2: know been to or something like
0: that okay. so unidentifiable i'm assuming oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah. You know? Did you hear about any motive? Whether it was a suicide or whether it was just an accident? Or... Um, I want to say it was suicide.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't recall. Right. It was a while ago. I'm sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was probably like my first year Yeah, I started there. I think it was like 2007,
0: maybe. So it was. Oh yeah, a while back. So, yeah. so for that to be the first one that you that you talk about, I mean, obviously that made an impact. As you, as you continued and and went through, um, before you came here, um, what was the, what was the attraction to South Carolina? What brought you down here and and was, want you to go full-time?
2: So I had a vacation, uh, here a couple of times and, um, it was just one of those things where, you know, I was like, you know, in order to get hired onto the fire service, you know, I had to leave New Jersey because it's tough, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, civil service commission testing and all. So it's, it's really tough to get on. So You know, I had to look elsewhere and, um, you know, I like the area and I like the beach, even though you talk to my wife, I don't like going to the beach a lot, but (laughs) (laughs) I like being by the beach. So get stuck in the sand (laughs) and, uh, you know, being at Midway, you know, we do water rescue and -hmm. and we have boats and jet skis and stuff. So it's like, uh, you know, get to go out and be out in the water and stuff sometimes. So,
0: I mean, Nick has some idea of what that's about.
1: A little bit. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: right I mean you are a beach patrol so have you um, during your time after you got to South Carolina obviously that's kind of where things kind of kicked off for you um, during those times when you talked with mentors or people that were kind of taking you under their wing stuff like that did you feel like you were discouraged at all in what you were attempting to to do seems like you had a lot of drive yeah uh,
2: no, not really, to be honest with you. Um, I, I had a battalion chief uh, who's who retired, um, who's since retired. Um, but he, I was on his shift for, for a good amount of time during my career at, um, at Midway. And um, I mean, he was always, not only me, but he always pushed people, you know. And uh, he can always tell if there was good in the person, you know, and he'd always give me a lot of words and encouragement and mm-hmm. always push me to do things. And right. Always came to me if he needed something done and know that it would get handled type thing. So, um, you know, I, that's be, even before I got promoted, um, to Lieutenant. Um, but, um, but I, I guess you could say that I kind of, you know, had, had given me the drive to, to move forward and, and, and whatnot. So, mm-hmm.
1: so that brings up a good point. Um, because I think whether you're in the fire service or the police side or anything right I mean any job period um, kind of going off of what you said do you feel like having a, a role model leader somebody that gave you that drive um, do you think that's really important uh, in in any career especially the fire service And and how do you think that experience impacts you now being in a leadership position knowing what you came from so
2: I, to me, it, it's going to leave a mark on, on, on the person, you know, like for me, it, you know, left a mark on me and, you know, he stops in every once in a while, say hi. And, you know, the, uh, it's kind of cool to, you know, when he pops in and says hi, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, like I said, it, to me, it leaves a, a good mark Um, and, and having that person, you know, definitely helps. Um, And some people, you know, they, they're a role model and they don't even know about it, you know, um, just because of what they do or what they say, you know, um, can make a huge difference to somebody. You know, you could say something uh, out in the open and it indirectly impacts somebody in a good way
1: type thing. So, yeah, they definitely lied to you in school, like back in the day where they say sticks and stones, break your bones, words right. never hurt me. Yeah. I don't think people realize in both ways, good and bad, how much impact, you know, words can have on, on anything. Really?
0: So let's talk about your family a little bit. Um, you came from New Jersey. Uh, you were born and raised there. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So after you got a, well, you were sixteen when you started doing this, so I'm assuming you were still in high school.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So I, I
2: remember those days. So I used to obviously have a pager, you know, <laughs> <a> Motorola
1: pager. <laughs> or Nick remembers that. Yeah, those were awesome. I was, I used to think it was so cool to leave the applebee's table and go get on a fire truck because my pager was going off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh. I wanna say it was uh I still had like two years in high school, but um, they knew that I was you know volunteering with the local rescue squad, mm-hmm. and uh there was times where my teachers would actually let me leave class like if it was something serious right and, if you had a call. You know, mm-hmm. go on a call yeah oh, wow. That's so, pretty neat. uh you know if it wasn't anything serious, I wouldn't go, you know, but if it was something that sounded good, I'm like I gotta go I'll tell you about it later <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh <laughs> but yeah uh
0: would your family would your family think about just kind of the direction you were you were going i mom, mean my mom dad brother yeah, sister my,
2: my um my parents supported me uh for sure um to kind of backtrack a little bit so um my brother was a dispatcher police dispatcher in my hometown and uh, i had called him up one day uh when i when i knew i wanted to get into emergency services and i I call him up and I say, "Hey, Rob." He goes, "Hey, what's up, bro?" I says, "Um, I got a question for you." I says, "Who gets more calls?" I said, "The rescue squad or the fire department?" <laughs> he says, "Well," he goes, "the rescue squad gets more calls." Um, I says, "All right." So, well, I'm, I'm I really want to volunteer. I says, "But I don't know which one to start off with first. And uh, he says, "Well, you know, the fire department does this, this, and this, and the rescue squad does this and this." But he says, "You'll you'll run more calls with the rescue squad." I says, "All right." I says, uh, how do I apply there? And you know, he gave me information for right. the captain who was in charge, you know, and the, that's how I got into it.
0: Nice. Nice. So, so, uh, did your parents come with you to South Carolina
2: or, uh, initially no. Um, so my parents moved down. I think it was about a year and a half after, um, my wife and I moved down. um, they actually, uh, my mom had bought a house down here that uh, my wife and I lived in for a little while until um, my parents came down. Uh, unfortunately, when my parents came down, um, my mom was my dad's um, full-time uh, um, home caretaker. Um, so dad, after he retired, about a year and a half after he retired, he ended up um, coming down with Alzheimer's. And uh, so it was kind of hard. Um so, how old was he at that time? Oh, I'm bad with numbers. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, but um, but yes, it was it was tough. Uh, so when I first started EMS and and uh, and being in the whole EMS uh, field, I responded to a lot of nursing homes and, um, and honestly, I, I always told my parents that uh, you know as long as I can. Uh, have a voice in it uh, that they would never go into a nursing home because I didn't care for how they operated, right. and uh, so my mom, you know, had to remember that. And of course, when you know when everything came down with that, um, she, um, you know, she remembered that, and she stopped working. And when I when I got to the point where she had to, um, and she stood home full time and took care of dad uh, up in New Jersey, and then they moved down here, took care of dad, and uh, then up until you know when dad had passed away you know she um it, it was very hard on her uh, as you can imagine mm-hmm. um but uh you know the, the biggest thing um that uh that hit me is that you know my mom had thanked me after it was all said and done and you know she's like I'm, I'm glad you told me not to put him in a nursing home right. because quite frankly he wouldn't have lived as long as he did with that disease if he wasn't a nursing home you know I hate to say that but it's the truth um, my mom actually got him up every morning, engaged with him, Well, him walk around. There's certainly so. a
0: difference between a patient and a family member. Oh yeah. So, I mean, having that, I mean, she spent her life with him. Oh yeah. So. so, um, there's definitely a difference between, sure. a, you know, this is a job that I'm doing and this is a person that I love. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a, a, a huge difference. Oh yeah.
2: But, um, so, you know, like, uh, like I said, we, um, we moved down, my parents moved down about a year and a half, uh, after we did. Um, and then eventually, uh, my wife's parents came down. So we actually both had, uh, our parents living here. So, um, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my mom's mom lives with my mom, uh, currently, and, and did, you know, when she moved down here with my dad. Um, so, um, and then, you know, my sister's here with her family. Um, My wife's brother and his family live in the state. Um, They used to live in the area, but
0: moved out to Greenville area. Uh, So we have our, you know, our close family here with us. So, which is nice. Well, I have, I have my, myself and my brother moved down about four years after. It was roughly four years after I did. My mom and the rest of my family still lives up in Syracuse. Want to talk a little bit about um, inspiration, people that inspired you kind of. 'Cause obviously, I mean, one of the main reasons that I wanted you to come out and get on the microphone is because I see you as an incredible person of integrity and character. And I'm I always am incredibly interested in who those people were that helped shape you into that. And if you can kind of speak to that a little bit about the people that really stood out to you in your life.
2: Uh the main Main number one person I would say is my dad. Um, I mean, huge, uh, you know, um, to the point where on my right arm, I actually have uh, his badge tattooed on my arm and in Spanish uh, on t- on top it says my father and then underneath his badge says my hero. Um, dad was uh, very, very well known uh, when he was on the police department. Um, everyone loved him. And you know, growing up and seeing that. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. I also um, growing up uh, when I was about eleven years old. Uh, in the summertime, my dad, I would go to work with my dad, and he would drop me off at a um, a towing company. Um, it was a Cuban family, and um, I would spend the summers there during the day and i could say that that being with that family uh you know i would ride on the tow trucks uh right in the tow trucks um when they would go out and stuff but i learned a lot um from that and then just growing up um i guess you could say i started early you know learning responsibility and Mm -hmm. so forth so one of the biggest uh it would be my father second it would be my mother um coming from a puerto rican family on both sides um i would say it has a lot to do with it um i mean the first word that comes to my mind is discipline mm-hmm. you know being a kid um my sister and i would act out my mom <laughs> will give us that that I, that look and we knew that we better stop or you know that wasn't the discipline i was thinking of <laughs>
0: i was thinking of, of discipline and working and yeah. you're getting your butt, well, that, you getting got your that butt, butt handed to you by dad so <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit different basically
1: yeah. knew he knew no matter how old he got his mom would still give him that look that's oh, right <laughs> if he if he did something out of line. so i kept him in check through his whole yeah. career that's right yeah
0: that's awesome. And he hit, the, he hit the nail right on the head. The head. So. <laughs> so what about professionally? Um, someone that, I mean, you, you talked about battalion chiefs and stuff like that, but I mean, maybe someone that's not in the fire service, somebody that you befriended or someone maybe in your wife's family or something like that. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm reaching a little bit. I'm just trying to maybe trigger a, a person that might professionally have helped you out as well.
1: Remember, they're gonna hear the podcast. So you're gonna piss a lot of people off when you don't say their name.
0: I know, right?
1: There's gonna be the ones name you do say. That's right. And they'll appreciate it. I mean,
0: I,
2: I'm sure there's many, many out there. It's just uh, you know, I'm trying to narrow down. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I I, I felt like uh, I've grown up. I, I feel like I've I've been a sponge. You know, mm-hmm. just. I I'm the type of guy that um, that stands back and absorbs a lot versus interaction. Um, I feel like a lot of times I'm actually antisocial. Um, my wife would probably confirm that. Uh, like our our two daughters, the oldest one, you know, she's more antisocial, and the the little one, the two and a half year old, she's so outgoing. She'll walk up to a stranger and and you know say hi and hang out. But the, the oldest one is is antisocial. And my wife's always like, you know, you follow your dad. Right. (laughs) So,
1: um, I don't know. trying to think. So would you say rather than one person, it's maybe just the influence of, of everyone you've been around being in the service for so long, you know, the brotherhood, that kind of thing. Um, you just kind of look out for each other, taking as much as you can, learn everything you can and, and and be the best person you can to your peers. Is yeah. it kind of yeah. what I'm getting out of this? Absolutely.
2: I, I'll agree with that for sure.
1: That's probably where, like, I, I felt like,
2: uh, I mean, Nick said it really good. I, I mean, I was just trying to find the words to put it all together, you know.
1: <laughs> but uh, it's kind of my role in this. Yeah. I put things together. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. I'm
0: sorry, Your Honor. That's a leading question. Yeah. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> I, I felt like I got where he was going, yeah. though. I and, did. I think, I think I can, maybe because I can relate to it, you know, I haven't been in the service as long as he has, but there's some years between me and him, which is a, a common occurrence with all the guests, <laughs> but um, but I started young, too, and if I had a name, maybe a couple of people, I probably could, but that's kind of the same background. I can relate to that, you know, I think, and, and me and Billy have had this conversation before as well, too, where he asked me, who, who do you want to come on here and Man, it's like, I guess I could kind of make a list, but I'm like a sponge too, you know? And I take from everything around me and try and make, you know, I I try and filter it and then take the good and put it back out, you know? Exactly. Um, But I'm the same way, you know, I take in from everybody. And as you develop through your career personally and professionally, you'll just kind of decide what points you want to take the most out of and a lot of times it just comes from a lot of different influences absolutely i can agree i get it
2: you know people come and go some people stay um so it's you know like he said you know being in the fire service is hard even like when you're a volunteer you know you'll have somebody come volunteer for for a while and then either they either move or don't have the time to do it anymore so it's always changing on Uh, on who you're dealing with or, or whatnot. Um, I mean, one person, I guess I can, you know, professionally, I guess you could say would be the the captain of the rescue squad that I first started at. Um, he owned his own business, uh, was a electrician. Um, but, um, the way he always, you know, older gentleman always presented himself and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I, again, you know, being a sponge, you know, always observed and, uh, but I guess, you know, maybe every agency I I was a part of um, where I volunteered, you know, which was only a few, um, you know, there's at least a few people that, you know, maybe made an impact, you know, that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the particulars, but.
0: So you said the word absorbed. That's an interesting word that, that you used. One of the because in in both professions whether it's law enforcement or fire service we go to calls together a lot and you have to absorb a lot of the negatives and the, the painful the evil that people do to each other mm-hmm. so it's this is your word not mine so you said absorbed i i want to key i kind of want to key in on a, on that once it's absorbed the reason for day one, week one podcast is because of this right here. Mm-hmm. Once it's absorbed, what happens? What happens to Steve?
2: Uh, you know, I I really don't um, express a lot. Um, you know, for example, uh, and I think this is where, where you're going with this. Uh, I think this will kind of help explain. Um, but a lot of times, like when I go home, you know, I, I don't discuss my workday with my wife, you know, like she'll ask me sometimes, you know, Oh, what happened with this? Or, Hey, I read this or whatnot. And I'll just kind of be short. Um, I don't know. It's just, I guess it's the way I tick, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I just, I don't talk about my work day as much, um, maybe as I should. Um, but I don't really let, like, if I go on a call and something bothers me, uh, You know, we'll talk about it when we get back to the station amongst amongst ourselves. Um, And a lot of times it's just that's enough where it's it's done. You know, we'll go on with our day type thing. It's very seldom that um, like I let things bother me for a long time. I I don't know why. Maybe I'm weird, but I don't, you know, (laughs) maybe it's just my mind just the way it is. But maybe also for doing it for so long that you're just immune where, you know, you go and you deal with it. You know the adrenaline's running and when the adrenaline wears off you still kind of talk about it um but then it's like all right you know next day right you know thing. so
0: so but i still absorb it right. though right you know work. it's it's still there you still have yeah. you still have sight sound smell something might trigger mm-hmm. that but you you absorb that you see you don't really have an outlet for it do you think uh as far as mental health is concerned um, now you're a captain, okay? And you see a guy that comes up, he's just like you. Man, I see a lot of this firefighter Morales in this guy, okay? He's not, not very, he's not, I don't want to say not outgoing, but he doesn't talk a lot. He just does his job. He's probably got a lot of potential. He's probably going to be a captain or a battalion commander or something like that at, at some point. Um, but he's not, he doesn't have an outlet either. And I can see maybe a change over a couple years in him. What would you say to that kid to help him to, because I'm going to be honest with you, Steve. Stuff's going to catch up. Oh, yeah. It's going to catch up. Regardless of how, I mean, how callous we want to be about it. Okay. I mean, I thought I was good. And then Nick popped the door. And the next thing I know, I'm like, my world changed. Okay. So it's going to catch up. So what are you saying to this young firefighter?
2: You know, if, uh, the biggest thing would be if, if obviously, you know, being in a position that I am in now, uh, being ears, um, you know, being that set of ears for somebody and just listening, um, I get people to come in my office all the time and sometimes you don't want to hear things or sometimes you're just like, ah, again, you know, but, know you just got to sit there and just listen you Mm -hmm. know and uh if you can offer any kind of advice you offer it if if i can't then uh, you know i'll be honest you know with them like look i don't know what to say but you know we can talk to this person they know or type thing but just being a set of ears for somebody is the biggest thing because sometimes people may not have that that avenue where they can talk and and someone is there to listen um Uh, do
0: you have that, do you have that Avenue? Yeah. If I want to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I guess, I guess the point of it is, is there one person or one resource that you turn to? I don't mean self-medicating with like alcohol or anything like that. I'm talking about
2: numerous people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can call my mom, I can call my wife, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there are some, some people at work that I can call, you know, whether they're just a firefighter or, or if they're another officer, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can call them no hesitation. Um, I have a couple of really, uh, really close friends. Uh, you know, I can call, uh, I got a brother down in Florida, you know? Um, so there's people yeah for me to call, you know, type thing. Um, you know, going back to my best friends, you know, I've, I have a really good buddy of mine up in, uh, in New Jersey. Um, you know, quick story of how we met. Uh, when I was working at a uh, paid EMS job, uh, my first paid EMS job, I was in the truck, I was driving, and my partner was on his phone, and they were talking about a, a tattoo that some guy had gotten, and it was about a police badge and and so forth. And I was listening in a little bit, and then after he uh, hung up, uh, you know, he said something, and I said, "Are you talking about this tattoo?" And I lifted up my uniform sleeve, and he's like, "No." Like, no crap. Like, that's you. I'm like, yeah. So then, uh, we, uh you know, he called his, his buddy back. He's like, hey, you he won't believe who has that tattoo. My partner has it. So we, uh, ever since then, like, we became really close friends because come to find out, like, his dad and my dad, like, back in the day, like, walked the beat together. Oh, you know, when awesome. that was a that's thing. thing. <laughs> that's really cool. That's really so cool. So ever since then, uh you know, there's times where it's funny because, like, I could pick up the phone and call him right now. And, and even though we don't talk as much as we want to because he's a, he owns his own business up there. He's a landscape contractor. And, uh, you know, with me, you know, he has a family with two little girls as well, but, you know, with me doing the fire service, the business and family, you know, it's, it's hard, but you know, uh, either one of us can pick up the phone and, you know, pretty much like, like we just talked 10 minutes ago type thing. Uh, so that's, you know, pretty big. And, you know, another close friend of mine up in Wilmington, He's another detailer. Um, we met down at, uh, in Alabama at a training, um, and ever since then we became really close friends. Um, so, you know, I, I have those avenues. Um, like I said, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm weird because, like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't let things bother me. You know, like I just, I go on with my day. You know, type right. thing. So, uh, but if I ever had to, yeah, I mean, I think I've, you know, there's been a few times where I've talked to my wife about, you know. Like oh, I had this call today and this that, but it's not really just. Uh, I guess it's just a kind of express, you know. Um, not that it's bothering me, right? So,
0: just kind of get it off your chest.
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: to speak, just you know, get it out there and just
2: okay, I'm done, type thing. So, and I guess that's another big thing too. Is like you know, don't be afraid to. Talk about something to somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to look at you weird. And if they do, then they're not a true friend or, you know. Well,
0: that's the huge thing. I mean, there's a stigma today. People say, hey, I want to see a counselor or, you know, I want to get professional help regarding that. I mean, I I don't know how it's looked at in the fire service, but I I mean, for years in law enforcement, we're supposed to have that ironclad shield. And we're not, you know, the sign of weakness. It's not a good thing in a a police officer, you know. Um, So you you got a pretty good relationship with your team, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of these guys, we all, as we do in law enforcement, we trust each other, you know? Um, Are you able to see changes in, I mean, individuals as they, I mean, you're in the, you're in the position now where you can, you're, you're basically being paid to absorb that and observe that where before you had to go out and be a part of it. Now you can kind of stand back and watch the bigger picture. Um, are you able to see the effect of some of these calls on these guys? And, and I'm going to say it, some of the younger firefighters that are coming out, rescue squads and stuff.
2: Uh, it's kind of hard to say. Cause like, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, relate to it, but I feel like, um, in, I don't know, it's weird, but, like, when you're, like, in the emergency services, public safety, you know, what, what whatever it is, you know, military, mm-hmm. I feel like we all tick different. We all have a different sense of humor uh, when it comes to things, and how we cope with things is a lot different than what a normal person or how a normal person would cope with things. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, calls, like I said, calls are talked about a lot of times, you know, um after it's happened and i feel like that's a huge help right um because it opens up that channel like we were talking about about being able to talk about it um so you know even if you know um and i don't mean this in a bad way but even if like some sort of joke was thrown into it i feel like it helps people open up too um Mm -hmm. which is huge i mean right and honestly whatever whatever it takes you know to get people talking try uh, to normalize correct normalize the situation yeah get them to talk and, right um just let out if they have anything that bothers them mm-hmm. type of thing um i think that's the biggest thing that i've um it comes in my mind that i've realized
0: uh how we cope with things like that so so what are uh, what are your thoughts moving forward now you just recently made captain um is there I don't, not necessarily policy but are there things towards the mental health of your guys uh the fire the, the fire service itself are there things that you see um that man if you if you had it like you said with your dad if I got anything to say about it this is what's gonna happen is there is there anything that you can maybe narrow down on something like that you can be like hey you know what this we've been doing it like this for so many years and this is something that i i really would like to see change with when it comes to mental health or just just being that support system for each other
2: yeah and there's also uh and i'm sure there's it's like this well i would hope it's like this everywhere but south carolina has a um a program um for or it's um fast team where they're down in the low country but uh, there, there's some members up here up in the grand strand but um they are um, a group of individuals who actually, you know, if something happens call wise, you know, significantly. Like a peer team. Yeah, but but, yeah, pretty okay. much. Where they come out. Um, like I said, we have, I know we have at least one um, that's on the team. He's a division chief. Um, and it's one of those things where, you know, if we notice that something's bothering somebody, we'll reach out to him, like, hey, you might want to check in on this person, make sure they're, you know, doing good, mm-hmm. you know, they're okay or right. if they need anything. Obviously a lot of that's, you know, confidential once that goes on, but, um, but there are channels, uh, people know that, you know, at least, you know, in in my department, people know that that that's out there, um, should you need to use it? Um, I haven't, uh, really dealt with or experienced where, um, where if somebody had an issue it wasn't taken care of, um. I, like I said I, I think uh, we all do a good job amongst ourselves and making sure that we're that we look out for each other and that we take care of each other you know and uh, I know it's on the same for law enforcement too
0: um which is again huge you know so essentially you're pretty you're pretty happy with the the way things are going you wouldn't necessar- you don't necessarily think there's any any you couldn't foresee maybe making some changes in some areas or anything like that. you think it's handed, handled pretty well. Uh, I'm mean, sure. I'm
2: sure. Any uh, everything you know can be looked at and changed. Um, but off the top of my head right now, I mean, I I don't really see like a need for me to rush out and be like, I gotta change right now, right thing, you know. Right. Um, but it's definitely something to consider. Absolutely, you know, mm-hmm. especially after you know being a part of this now. And it's definitely you know making sure that the, that the avenues are there for um, for individuals.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell me about that day, man. You pin the you pinned that brass on your shoulders. Tell me about that. Well, for, ca- for captain, yeah, what would that feel like, man?
1: Good. Um, I like the for captain. Like which one? Because <laughs> uh, I've been brass a couple of times.
0: <laughs>
1: That's a great point.
0: My apologies. So how would it feel to make lieutenant? I guess this is the first question. Uh, good. <laughs> the captain was the the one that was yeah. stressful. Yeah,
2: you can imagine. Imagine. Now the the the, uh, the captain one. Um, so I actually had my grandmother, my mom's mom, um, who lives down here. I actually had her pin me. Um, she is actually uh, on hospice right now for um, she has stage four lung cancer. Wow. Uh, so she's dealing with that, and um, so it was a pretty big to do. My mom was able to, you know, my mom had asked her if if she wanted to go to my pinning ceremony. She said absolutely, right. you know, so. You know they they got her out and uh, they wheeled her in on the wheelchair you know she really can't walk that much on her own anymore but um that's then she stood up and i actually had my grandmother pin me so, that's incredible you know, man. that's that's, that's awesome a great feeling, that's so. a,
0: that's a, a great accomplishment for someone to be i mean my grandmother's 94. if i ever made corporal i mean don't, she's in new york unfortunately but man i couldn't imagine the you know just the pride that you had oh, yeah, on that sure. day Having her be Huge. a part of that, yeah, that's great. So, okay, so we're moving forward. What comes after, Captain? what, what, what What's your What's your plan in the next few years? What's well? The next step is uh, golf. <laughs> 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 business takes off really well. No, right. <laughs> um,
2: well, the next promotional, uh, I guess spot up would be battalion chief, but uh, I got a long time for that. I'm not ready for that. I like being
0: on the truck. Yeah. <laughs> so but that's more administrative.
2: Yes and no. I mean, the battalion chiefs, uh, essentially the, um, the shift commander. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have a B and C shifts. So there's a battalion chief on each shift, uh, and they're a charge in charge of that shift. So they're, you know, the whole day to day operations, Um, but they are involved with admin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you get to ride in, around in a buggy, you know, if you're not busy in the office, but, uh, so being a captain now, um, at Midway, um, I occasionally will have to ride up. Um, so if my battalion chief is off, um, then I will ride up and I will be the acting battalion chief for the mm-hmm. day. Right. So I have got to experience that twice already. Sure. Uh, Stressful. A little bit because both times I had a missing person on the beach. Oh, uh, so. Right. <laughs> so you can imagine one one was, a, one was a little kid and the other one was mm-hmm. a, an elderly um, person. So, you know kind of stressful you know because you know beach is big and we can go either way you know type thing so um but no i i truly enjoy riding the fire truck um like i said i'm uh gonna be completing my 10 years here i have to do 27 so i still got 17 years to go so So there's a really good chance to make a battalion chief down the road yeah (laughs) right down the road we'll
1: see i'll cross that bridge when it comes nice (laughs) So I'm curious to know this. So not everybody that we ask to go on a podcast wants to come on a podcast and uh, talk. Um, what's your message, man? What what made you want to come on a podcast? You just, uh, did it, I'm didn't. i going to do it for the t-shirt or is this, uh, <laughs> you know, is there a message you want, good or bad, man? What's your, what's your message?
2: No, uh, you know, honestly, when, when Billy reached out to me, uh, I was kind of excited. And he was like, you know, hey, uh, I want you to come on our podcast. And I was like. Yeah, it's kind of cool, you know, like I said, you know, I've I've listened to uh, some podcasts and uh, it's it's kind of cool uh, you know, depending on what the podcast is about. But, you know, the biggest thing, uh, you know, is, you know, you're trying to get a message out um, and it's a good platform to, to get a message out because, you know, you get to sit at a table here and just, you know, be you. Not that you want to be fake on a podcast, but, you know. It's a very relaxing,
0: like just, you know, cool mood where you're just talking and, you know. I think the hardest part is when you got a microphone and a set of headphones on, there's a little, there's a little weirdness kind of that, but I mean, we, we've we known each other for for a couple of years. So, I mean, it was, it was a no brainer asking you to come on. Um And I'm, like I said, I see you as a man of character and an integrity and I just want, I want anybody that listens to the, po- to the podcast to know these are the people that I surround myself with. Um, the people that help, you know, that we're like-minded when it comes to compassion and care for people that are, that are struggling in, in our professions. Mm-hmm. Um, people legitimately are struggling regardless where you go. Um, I'm sure you heard about um, last month in our own in our own agency, we mm-hmm. had two that committed suicide yeah. and it's, it's devastating. No, um, and the firefighter numbers are going up when it comes to suicide. Um, I guess, you know, you're really strong when it comes to the stuff that you absorb. Okay. I mean, you, you can, you can shake it off pretty good. Um, as far as, as far as I know, um, mm-hmm. only, only Steve really knows that on the other side. I mean, we've got to, there's got to be a way to reach them somehow. There's, it's not about, and, and I could say it a million times, and I've said, I've even said this to Nick. I said, you know, you can listen to a motivational speaker for six hours and just get pumped up, go to the gym, listen to them, and you're pumped up, or music or whatever it is. Music really kind of connects people. So that's a huge opportunity. But when you're legit by yourself, and for whatever reason, and I've been there, I've been there a bunch. It's not a sense of, it's it's almost a point, I don't want to bother them with how I'm feeling right now. Because you're going to hear the cliches. Oh, you're good, man. I mean, yeah. gosh, look at the house you got. Look at the car you drive. Look at the job you've got. Look at your wife. I mean, look at all these things, right? It's all an image. Yeah. But you got all this stuff going for you. When Jeff was here talking about it, I mean Robin Williams, who would have ever thought? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. He was the one that was given the quotes about life and man what to hold on to and all that stuff. And then next thing you know, it turned around and wow. I know I was devastated and it was before I even got in law enforcement. So it's those ones that are struggling, the ones that we need to reach. Um just like Nick asked, what's what's your message to that, to that one that's listening to this podcast? He's not, he's not gonna go to a group counseling. He's not gonna sit in front of a a counselor and tell his issues or the days that he feels like he's completely worthless or hopeless or all of those things. But he may listen to this podcast and be like, okay, this guy's a firefighter. What's he gonna say? Mm-hmm. What's he gonna say to me that's gonna make me know that. Who knows, maybe tomorrow's a better day, whatever. What who speak to that guy? I guess uh what comes to my
2: mind is uh, you know, we're again we're all human. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to talk to someone, you know, whether it's your you know, your your significant other, a uh, sibling, a family member, coworker, a boss, um there's somebody out there that that's you know, that's gonna listen, you know. Um, if something's bothering you, you know, just say something, you know, there's no shame in it. Um, you know, we're all human. Um, you know, things are going to happen. Um, and one thing that kind of backtrack a little bit that kind of relates to this, but one thing that kind of just, um, jumped in my mind, um, (laughs) be a little vulnerable here real quick, but, uh, I was, uh, came home from, I think it was a shop one day or something, but anyway, so it's I actually was, uh, taking a shower and for some reason I, I had a, I had a breakdown, um, you know, with just pretty much like I'm always on the run. Um, like I said, you know, having the, being a firefighter and, uh, running my, my business essentially full time. Um, it was just, uh, I guess always constantly on the go, 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 go. And I just... I felt like at one point like there was no no break type thing. Uh so I just had a meltdown um and you know I ended up uh it was one of those things where I kind of wished my dad was here to kind of kind of call and that type thing and talk to him. Um but uh you know but I never really shared that with a lot of people. Um I did uh for a few people initially that is. Um and you know I don't mind talking about it now. Um but uh well, I did share that with a with a few people initially um at first it was one of those things where I wasn't going to say anything you know
0: um what what stopped you what what was the thought process on that of not not saying anything i guess uh i don't know it was
2: just me being me just uh you know just kind of like uh you know i got it off my chest you know on my own you know mm-hmm. type thing and i felt fine you know um you know i i cried it out pretty much you know and uh, i felt fine after that um but then again like i said i shared it with a few people and you know that they, they you know, i we talked you know type thing you know talked it out and then uh put it past me and you know, moved on you know um you know life's too short and there's plenty to um experience i guess you could say is a good word um so You know, every day is a new day. Right. Uh, But that'd be my biggest message, honestly. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid.
1: So I think I can a little bit relate to this coming from a fire background. And I think I've picked up a lot of this in this whole conversation. Um, And even though we have the... (laughs) The grudge between us, right? There's always that little bit of something. I mean, I mess with all the fire guys. They give it right back. You know, some of them, some of them don't. Some of them get really upset. <laughs> I say, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. There's just, crayons just back stage. at the firehouse. Just, yeah. just stage. You'll yeah. be fine. I'll just sit stage. down the road in yeah. a minute. But, no, no, no. Um, so all jokes aside, I think what I'm getting from this, because you said it in the very beginning, that, you know, sometimes you guys will go to a bad call Something turned out the way you didn't want it to, right? Because there's there, especially when you're in the rescue squad. Um, I know I've done it in my career, so I know someone with many more years of experience than me has been in that position. It's hard to sit in the back of an ambulance with somebody and not develop that connection. I mean, you're literally many times their life is literally in your hands. Absolutely. Um, so I think when you go look at the brotherhood or brother slash sisterhood, right, of uh, of the fire service and police officers. I think there's a big difference. And the difference is, is like you said, you'll go through something, you guys will go back to the firehouse and be together and talk about it. And a lot of times with the way shifts work, you guys will talk about it and end up going to bed right next to each other, right in the bunk room or whatever. And uh, that offers a lot of sometimes even unspoken comfort to have a group of guys that just went through the whole thing with you whereas uh imagine like like correct me if i'm wrong an engine will never roll out to a house fire just by itself one guy he's gonna drive it set it up put the hose out and walk into the building himself and not have a group of guys with him right Uh, i guess it depends where you're at in the country. I'd say How about a uh, midway? not around here though. Okay. Right, so, <laughs> okay. yeah. In a very large majority of circumstances, that's not going to happen. Whereas, a lot of cops will go to a call by themselves, maybe have a partner, and then get back in their vehicle and leave. Imagine what it would be like. You guys went to some, you know, fatal house fire, and then okay, guys, see you later, and you all just got in your own personal cars, and, and left. It'd probably be different, you feel like, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I think that's maybe something that is a little different in a healing process, right? Mm-hmm. Because they say that, and I've I've heard it a couple of times, uh, trauma that can be immediately addressed and worked on, you know, sooner than later is more likely to heal better. Um, and you get a little bit of that in mm-hmm. the fire service. You know, you guys get back on the truck together, ride back all that, um, and I think that could be a little bit of a difference there. Um, it's almost like an instant debrief, you know. Oh, I mean?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually thinking about that. You know, police officer essentially. You know, again, depending where you're at. I mean, I know some some cities out there ride duos, but for the m- most most of the part, I mean, uh, it's you know one officer in a car, and like you said, you know, once you're done with that call, I mean. I guess cops sometimes will hang out after an incident or if it's being investigated, you know, maybe talk about
0: it. But, uh, for the most, most part, um, you know, you guys are getting in your car and driving away. Yeah. That's rule number two. You never stay on scene. (laughs) If if you're going to talk about it, do it over dinner or, you know, maybe at some other place, but you don't stay there. You don't stay on scene.
2: But, uh, you know, having that, uh, in the fire service, having, you know, whether you're just a, a, a one apparatus station or you have mul- multiple, you know, companies at that station. Yeah, I mean, you have some avenues to... Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like I said, you know, stuff gets brought up rather quickly. You know, the call's always discussed. Um, So, you you know, that's something's a huge, bothering you.
0: That's a huge benefit. It yeah. really is. Um, You know, our situation, we, we were all separated. Um, After about an hour and a half, we were separated. And I didn't even know... If Nick was alive or not, Mm -hmm. no communication whatsoever, you know, I'm still on perimeter and I'm wondering what happened after I just watched my buddy get hit, you know? So I'm thinking what in the world, you know, what's going on? But, you know, a couple hours after, like I said, our agency did an incredible job. Uh, I remember the captain walked up and he said, who's, who's my other four guys? And we raised our hand. He says, okay, we're going to go to the hospital. Make make sure you see that Nick is okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me. That's awesome. That was huge for me. So that is great. You got the microphone, okay? Here's your opportunity. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this because you've got a lot of friends. I mean, you saw the traction just on
1: one post on yeah. Facebook. Okay, once the it was the it was the bunker gear man. You know, it was. Girls, <laughs> man. <laughs> they were mostly females on there. I saw fire that. picture, I said, yeah. "Man, I got competition." Yeah. <laughs> Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if there's if there's anything I mean now's your chance man talk to those firefighters talk to those police talk to anybody in in as a first responder talk to them let them know um, I mean you're a big wig now so you got the stage if there's anything that you would so if you want to talk in terms of legacy or anything like that what, what do you want to leave behind what, you, what, do you, what do you want people to know you for
1: ah oh, man of no question. pressure, dude. If it's that bad, I'll just <laughs> cut it out, yeah. you know? Uh,
2: I, I, I don't know. I just, I, again, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm the type of person that's, that's the, like I'm original, you know, like I'm not trying to be someone that I'm not, right. you know, type thing. So uh, I guess that's, you know, me. that's a, a, a huge thing, you know, often you see it in the fire service where people are, or even law enforcement right, or anything, you know, to that matter um any position where you know people try to be someone that they're not and to me you know there's there's no need for that you know uh just just be you and uh you know just grind away and you know if uh, something bothers you you know say something you don't be afraid
1: I feel like we almost got to make like a chili lime hot sauce out of this guy. Man, it's just like you know, be original, be spicy. You know what I mean? Live it up. Exactly. Talk about it. Be about it.
0: So, give us a quote. What, what would what your um, what would be a mantra? Okay, we'll, we'll close with it on that. What would you say your mantra is? Others, like he said, if you're going to be about it, be about it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm bad with quotes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Battle quotes. I didn't come prepared
1: for that. No. No.
0: I told you to be pre- prepared for anything. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to stick to the hot sauce, man. Yeah. We're going to, when he thinks
1: of it, we'll put it on the label. Right. And, uh well, here's
0: a great, here's a great opportunity for you. You can, I mean, if I 100% would love for you to talk about your, your business. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Name, how people can get a hold of you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anybody's so, uh, listening local, that way, you know what I mean? so this is them. for you too <laughs> so uh so I own all hands
2: Auto detailing uh here in Myrtle Beach uh I've been in business since 2015 and uh yeah, I've been doing very well um we uh do anything from you know your detailing to paint corrections ceramic coatings paint protection film uh window tinting uh we also have um car care products that we sell um but uh there's anything, uh, you know, detailing wise or any other services, you know, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, We're on the web. You know, you can check out our website, uh, www.allhandsautodetailing.com. Our phone number is Uh, 843-957-1887. Pretty much, uh, you know, firefighter and family owned business. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, My wife actually. Works at the shop with me nice. now, so nice. Uh, and occasionally, uh, up until you know when uh, mom now has to take care of grandmother, but uh, mom was helping uh, in the shop, and my
0: father-in-law will
2: occasionally helped me. So I got the family on both ends working. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I will say this: uh, I did I did a last minute? Um, I needed my vehicle, I needed my ve- my wife's vehicle done before we were going to trade it in, and because it was it was in bad it was in a bad way. And I think we probably we probably netted about four or five thousand dollars more because of the detail that he did on that vehicle. It looked literally brand new. Um Steve didn't do it himself. He's got he's got guys that are in there that are that are on point. They're really good at what they're doing. Obviously, uh, you know, he was I think he was working that day. But when I called him, he was like, he was like, yeah, man, just uh, just just show up. He said, just let them know. Just let them know I sent you over there. And I'm like, cool. And uh, got the invoice out. Boom. We were good. And just outstanding. Uh, good customer service. I don't think your wife was working there no, just not yet. That point. Yeah. Um, but um, I can imagine it's great customer service now because your wife is the oh, sweetest yeah. person I know. Absolutely. Um, she's She's amazing. And she's definitely got her hands full with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she really does. And the kids. Because you're always working. I mean, yeah, you're, you're working yeah, all the time. So, so she's, I mean. I give her a lot of credit. Yeah. You know,
2: she, uh, aside from, you know, helping me at the shop, obviously, we, you know, we have two little girls and two and a half year old and a five year old. Wow. So, so yeah. definitely and you got to have energy for all that. At oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Steve, let me tell you something, man. I'm super honored that you were here. Um, I would love to have you back. Um, Yeah, this this is fun. Thanks for having me. This is really cool stuff. Uh, Nick is an incredible producer. Awesome to have you here, man. I just... Thanks for coming out. Hopefully we can do this again. Absolutely. Right, thank man. you. Appreciate you.
1: Captain Morales. Captain. <laughs> Talk about it. Be about it. Put it on your hot sauce. <laughs> That's it. Be original. Be spicy.
0: <laughs> Mr. Chili. I'm going to have to write that down. <laughs> Captain Cool. <laughs> so at the auto auto detailing place, he'll have the hot sauce on the counter. Yeah, my face on it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> Captain
1: Morales hot sauce. With a microfiber to wipe your tears from the spice. <laughs>
0: That's
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs>